0: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And we are continuing with our new series, which is based on Highlighting Advisors, from a a, a really exciting uh, media festival that's happening in Hollywood this fall called the Infinity Festival. And the event itself is all about storytelling advanced by technology. So each week for the next couple months, we're going to be highlighting uh, someone who's involved in the show and finding out what their approach to tech and storytelling is. And so I'm very excited today to get to interview Rodrigo, and let's see if I do this right, Rodrigo Cerqueira, Who's the oh, CEO? Yeah, got- really? All right, um, <laughs> who's the CEO of Panorama? Um, and he's going to talk to us about directing in VR. And in fact, um, Rodrigo's last project, called Seven Miracles, is the first full VR film, and it was released by HTC Vive and Vive Studios. And there's lots lots of um, fun things about this project that we're going to hear about. Um, But I really want to focus this show on, you know, how you really look at storytelling and immersive technology to come together. And this is an award winning project already. So very excited to get to talk to Rodrigo. Let's have a big tech cat. Welcome.
2: All right, Rodrigo. I
1: practiced your name beforehand. So give, give us some tell us about your background and everything about you before you you, you know right up to when you started making the movie.
2: Absolutely. Um uh, thanks so much Lord to having me here. Um your amazing show. Um well, um how can I start this? I've always been a storyteller. Um I'm a Brazilian. Um, film director I've been doing you know films since uh, yeah I would say like 15 years so far but very very into VR films uh, the last four years of my life Uh, in 2015 I was honored to to be chosen to be the director of a VR feature film another VR feature film called Jesus VR the story of Christ I was the VR director of the film more like a visual effects supervisor on the field To say, you know, okay, here's (laughs) where you manipulate the camera. Here's what you need to do. Things like that. But I was instantly, you know, uh, hooked by the set and the atmosphere of making feature films. Uh, In the past was, you know, documentaries. And that was my passion. Um, And then VR came to me about 2010. Um, And then I've been doing all different types of... uh, um ads uh, more oriented ads for vr that type of job and i directed more than 200 commercials for uh, 360 films or vr in this first five years of my vr career from 2010 into, until 2015 wow. and then 2016 we premiere this um jesus vr at um, venice film festival uh before venice had actually uh, um let's say a lineup for VR and the audience love it so much to be able to watch a a feature in this new format. Right. Um, Because up to then, for me was like, okay, this is my passion. I really not sure. I'm really not sure if people are going to like it or not. So let's do it. Let's put it out and let's say, okay, this works or doesn't, if it doesn't work, I'll I'll continue to do my, you know, (laughs) ads and commercials. It works. um, But for, you know, for, for, for my surprise, people loved it and now it's, it's happening again. Venice, for the three years in a row, they're doing a, a VR lineup. Um, and then in 2017, um, I partner up with HTC, especially Vibe Studios, to make uh, Seven Miracles and the process to, to make this hybrid film which i'll explain it's uh, it's a mix of uh, 360 film and uh, 6 off. in in 360 film normally the users only have 3 degrees of freedom they only can look up down right and left and in the 6 degrees of freedom the world the users can actually stand up and walk around the scene so it was the so, first. so 3 3
1: degree and 6 degree and yes. now can you take a moment to just explain cuz we've had a lot of VR discussions on the show, but just to update everybody, what the difference between 360 and room-scale VR is and then how these degrees come into it.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Essentially, uh, what makes you feel the presence in VR what triggers your brain and what triggers your vestibular system. It's when in VR, whatever you look in front of your eyes mimics whatever the sensations of your body are. So basically, if I stand up and in my virtual world, I feel the standing or if I move towards something and I feel that moving or if I fall and I feel that fall, then your brain is strict and then you're like inside this virtual reality world. Right. So that's what we did for for Seven Miracles. Because before that, three sixty films, they're pretty amazing as well. But it's like you watch a big uh, screen, but instead of have edges, you have no edges, you have no frame. That's that's let's say the three sixty three doff world. And in the six doff world, you not only don't have any edges, but you have the agency to walk and to do whatever you want inside the film, whatever the film allows you to do.
1: Wow. so cuz I cuz the thing that's great about the 360 world is that anyone can do it with a Google Cardboard, right? We love that. And then if that's you, if, if you don't have a Samsung Gear or a Facebook Quest, which are the more affordable um, you know, head-mounted displays, the goggles um then at least you can participate in this world, and then as as it as you move into getting better systems and and more um, least expensive systems like the Quest, then you can get into more of that six degree uh, um, six degree movement. Correct. So when you shoot something, you know that it's going to be three sixty versus room scale, and you shoot based on that.
2: Um, yes, but there's even you know a more um, like, say, a broad way to bring audiences to to this, um, let's say, to this virtual world, which is, if you don't have a cardboard, um, you only you, you only need actually a screen that allows you to use left, right, up, and down. Like so a web phone, browser,
1: a web browser, web browser,
2: phones, your so iPad, browser, tablets,
1: browser-based, browser-based VR, basically.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Which is the which is taking the 360 and, and and allowing it to play inside of
2: sort of a web a web applet. Yes, um, but imagine for, for example if you're in a PSVR, right? Or in, yeah. in the PlayStation, right? PlayStation 4, 100 million users all over the world. They can experience 360 videos. So we're talking about, you know, if you like that IP, if you like that experience and if you want to extend that experience experience even more, then you put your goggles. So I'm 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 not Uh, advocate to contain our VR experiences inside the VR space alone I'm advocate for the contrary I would like everybody that has a screen in the world would would able to see my film
1: oh I love I love that break out baby break out (laughs) (laughs)
2: all
1: right Rodrigo we have to take a a quick break Um, but when we come back I want to talk to you about you know so what is it like as a director, now that you have this world of VR to play with, it's another set of tools. You know How has it changed you in terms of storytelling? Um, and obviously for this last project, you partnered with HTC Vive and Vive Studios. And HTC Vive's is one of the sort of premier um, HMDs, and they also have a store, and they're definitely a, a strong force in this world. So we'd love to hear about what it's been like um, working with them. And then what are some other trends in storytelling and technology that you're looking at? Um, So we're going to be be back in a moment with Rodrigo. Here we go again. Sir Cara, um, (laughs) (laughs) who is helping us understand um, what it's like to be a director and a VR filmmaker in this exciting new world.
0: From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization... Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Lori H. Schwartz here, your Tech Cat. And we are on the road to infinity. And that's a reference to the Infinity Festival. Very exciting over the next three months interviewing uh, advisors, uh, exhibitors uh, people that are speaking at a festival happening in Los Angeles in Hollywood in November all focused on storytelling advanced by technology and Rodrigo Socera who is a VR filmmaker, is dropping some insights on what it's like to storytell in VR. And we've talked a lot about VR tech in past shows, but I really want to get to the the storytelling piece. So one thing that Rodrigo, you were sharing with me is because um, the last two projects you've done that have gotten a lot of um, press and won some awards are, are themed around the story of Christ and Jesus. And so you're being labeled the, the Jesus guy or the Bible guy <laughs> yes what is, what is the reason for for your content being so focused here is that going to be a lifelong focus for you to to storytell you know around um bible stories and the story of Jesus like t- tell us about where 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 that all lands
2: well i i believe as uh, the most of Brazilians i i born catholic um so i think You know, being Catholic in in Brazil is as common as, you know, drinking water. Um, But then when I was about uh, 15 years old, um, I started to go to a a Protestant uh, church, uh, Presbyterian. And uh, that kind of, um, let's say, mold those teen years of my life. But then was completely by chance that I was introduced to this first VR feature film Jesus VR wasn't because of uh, my you know past beliefs or things like that it was because I was in the VR space and I was doing few things that people thought that was uh, fit for the film uh, like you know walking in VR which in those early VR days was prohibited right so <laughs> it's so funny that uh, when I when I First, read the laws of VR filmmaking. Somebody wrote like five years ago, like never move the camera. I was like, oh my god, I'm infringing this law since the beginning because my first ever project it was moving a camera. So yes, because of that, I think you know one thing connects to another, and then HTC um, was um, in con- in contact with uh, Jesus VR as well, and they thought, well, maybe this is the perfect time for us to explore this uh, series of VR stories that we would like to portray. And their first story was about the Seven Miracles of John. I'm sorry, Seven Miracles of Jesus, based on a book of John. So, um, yeah, because of that, I, I, I understand. You know, somebody comes to me and say, yeah, you're the Bible VR guy or the Jesus VR guy, right? I say, well, listen, I, I love... Any type of story, to be honest with you, and if the story connects with your heart most, that's the story I would like to tell. And I can even think about one story that connects with, uh, you know, the most amount of people in the world than Jesus' stories. Um, I've been traveling all over the world, you know, Asia, South uh, South, South, South America, um, North America, Europe. In in every country that I go, people are really passionate about jesus story and about you know bible stories in general i was like okay so it makes sense for me uh, you know uh, somehow help this medium to tell those stories
1: well that's great so it's it's um it's not a it's not the only thing you're going to talk about but as a storyteller it's an area of passion for you personally and when you're a storyteller you want to circle around um, stories that resonate with you, especially because it's so hard to do, right? I mean, this is hard work. Oh, it's so
2: easy to piss people <laughs> on this subject, right? right. So I, what I tried to do with my film, doesn't want to talk about, you know, my film the whole time, but what I tried to do with this film was to be as plain as possible. Um, that means that, uh, you know, w- you're not going to see uh, revolutionary Jesus, um, you know, getting the you know into the fight with somebody. Um, no, we're not gonna not gonna see that. At the same time, you're not gonna see the very peaceful Jesus that uh, it's harmless. So I, I I hear people saying that um, um, the Jesus that I portrayed in the film is the most millennium Jesus that they've that they've ever seen. So I, I take temporary. it as <laughs> <I> temporary. <take laughs> well, it. no,
1: all, all of that make all of that totally makes sense. And again, as we're looking at storytelling advanced by technology, you know why choose VR to tell this story? Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Well, VR. If you remember, like 30 years ago, um, VR was the the future, right? Okay, here we go. We'll go living in this bubble with the headsets and completely immersed into this world. Three years fast forward, none of that happened, but VR had a huge impact in the world already. Uh, we've been using VR since then uh, for industries such as aeronautics, training, VR military training, things like that. But lately, I would say since 2015, um, VR gained more and more space in the film community. Uh, so my personal goal, and I think this is the, the, the most important thing I'm doing right now, is to push VR film content towards the paywall. And I explain that. Um, up to today, if you, if you say, okay, I have some money here please tell me which VR film I can buy with this money. And there are not a lot of them. Most of VR content out there is free. And I understand uh, at the very beginning, brands are trying to, you know, use the new trends to set them up as, you know, the new hype or the new cool brand. Um, And they do a lot of, uh, you know, bats in those trends, especially in VR. (laughs) But you saw a lot of that in the past, like, you know, automotive brands or cloth brands or even coffee brands doing VR experiences. But nowadays, um, it's the first time that we've ever seen someone say, okay, I'm going to buy a VR film content. And this is the most important um, step into this field for me. And the, why should we, uh, us as uh, filmmakers, devote ourselves to do VR right now? It's because it's the most exciting thing to do right now. There's nothing so exciting as um, this new VR space right now. If you uh, look to the um, you know, blockbusters right now, The Lion King or Alita or Ready Player One, they were all filmed in virtual reality, right? So the only difference is, is the deliverables they're delivering those films in the traditional format. But John Favreau could easily choose, okay, I'm going to tell The Lion King in VR. And if he picked up the right cuts, you can actually enjoy that entire film in virtual reality. Why not? So that's, I believe, why um, it's so important for us filmmakers to give, um, let's say, an opportunity to our stories, than telling in VR. Uh, it's um it's
1: interesting because I know a lot of filmmakers are approaching this area with trepidation. A lot of it is because of the availability of of distribution of it, but also the cost um, to to playing here, the new equipment, and the you know, and it's so unknown. I mean, what do you tell other filmmakers when they when they express concern about all that?
2: Absolutely, you're completely right. But that's um I would say it's a myopia vision. Um, because if you see, okay, how many VR users are out there? Oh, let's say, let's extrapolate the numbers. Let's say 50 million, okay? Oh, that's not enough. Okay, I got you. Um, it's not enough uh, for you to make millions of dollars. But what if you approach this problem in a different way? What if you create some very interesting IP that you distribute for everybody, not only for VR? What if you create an IP that you can distribute for two billion people, because that's the, pretty much the rough numbers of uh, mobile phones available out there. 2.5 billion uh, mobile phones that can play VR and AR. Um, so what about if you create a film that primarily can be distributed for those um, devices? And then if the people got interested by your story, they can expand the storytelling and go to the VR space. And then they could be immersed in your story. It's a leap of faith, obviously. Um, but I've seen some directors and some uh, studios going in that direction as well. If you see Sony, for example, my friend Scott Barber, he's doing a great job at Sony, and they're doing exactly the same thing. You know, going to this big vision of what are the tools available to create the most incredible story in the world right now, and definitely those tools are in VR.
1: Well, that's a very passionate point for, for all of this. Um, and, and when you when you have to put together the plan of attack for this, are you already being approached now as a VR filmmaker? Or are you still being approached as a filmmaker, and then they'll let you choose what you're going to do? Or are you only now being
2: contacted as a VR guy? Which, that's- by the way,
1: is not a bad thing.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing question. Um, actually, um, I would say it's a mix of them. Because when I put myself in the set, I'm not looking to the frame anymore. And I'm not looking into the VR goggles anymore. I'm looking, about, I'm, I'm looking for um, what is the experience I would like someone to have when, when they are here in the same place that I am. So first thing I do when I'm on the set, um, starting, you know, the day I put myself on the same position of my camera and, I, and we rehearse. We rehearse the whole scene. And um, I move myself. I move close to the uh, action. I move closer to uh, some extras that doing some funny things or very interesting stuff. So it's more like a, a stage. So I'm not approached as a VR filmmaker, neither as a traditional filmmaker. I, I, I approach as I was a stage director. Right, am huh, um, a theater director because I can see that um, play rolling in front of my eyes and I can choose okay, in this moment I would like to be here as the center of the action or I would like to be there as the center of the action.
1: I love that you said that because, and we have talked about this before that there is this collision happening between um, theatrical and VR and filmmaking because of it and then you add in all the stuff happening with live theater now where the audience participates, which has a parallel to VR and audience participation. So there's interesting overlaps happening there with a lot of um, theatrical directors being tapped for VR and, and vice versa. So, you, you know, you're sort of a living and breathing example of, of that um, that phenomena. That's I film. bet...
2: I bet live theaters uh, or live theater directors or storytellers or theater uh, storytellers, they will be, you know, our next bet for a great VR um, filmmakers because they they know exactly what this medium needs. And this medium needs move or movement.
1: Right. Right. I know that totally makes sense. All right. We're going to take another short break and we're going to be back with Rodrigo. Sir Cara, now I've got it just rolling You'll off my it. tongue um, <laughs> a VR director um, and one of the advisors um, for our Road to Infinity series for the Infinity Festival on in Hollywood we'll be back in a moment and we're going to talk um, a little bit now about um, Rodrigo, ways that you dig into all of this, you know, how do you keep up with all of it and then, you know, what do you think are some of the upcoming trends in the storytelling and technology space, so we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Rodrigo
0: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America
2: Business Network.
0: This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori
1: at (laughs) techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back with Rodrigo Sorquera, who is a um, a VR filmmaker um, and um, has created some award-winning films, most recently Seven Miracles, which is the first VR feature film from Vive Studios, um, and also the HTC Vive, um, which is one of the prominent players um, in this space, um, and Rodrigo was just dropping some insights about choices um, as a filmmaker, um, on leveraging VR. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, are there other technology trends that are bubbling up that you're curious about, you know, that you think are going to be impacting the, the future of storytelling?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for my next project, uh, me and my team were developing um, a pipeline solution for what I believe is one of the hottest things on the production side, right now, which is a combination between virtual production tools and artificial intelligence. So let me try to dig a little bit into it because it, that, they'll, let's say, it, it's another two hours of conversation on that on that matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's say you, in 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 the very you know near future, um, you you spend probably thirty percent of what you're spending to make a, a film right now, and produ- production wise, and why? Because there's some um, something called virtual production tools that allows you to capture the sets that you're filming and bring those sets into uh, a studio. And then instead to be on the location all the time, you can save a lot of money. You go to the location when you need to do those very incredible you know, live action scenes, but then for everything else, you move your team, you move your um, actors to the studio, and then you shoot pretty much everything inside the studio. Um, and then you've you, you probably seen it already in, like I said, Ready Player One, for example, or The Lion King, um, but it's, there's something missing. And here's what's missing, in my opinion. Um, volumetric video right now, which is another technology that I use a lot for Seven Miracles is the ability to capture somebody in all directions from all directions. Let's say, imagine yourself inside a dome full of cameras pointing inwards and imagine your actors inside this, mm, let's say the center of this dome. So I'm capturing the actors from every angle. But again, this is a video capturing. So whatever the actor is doing, it's baked on this volumetric video forever. So let's say if they raise their left hand and I want them to raise their right hand, then it wears artificial intelligence could help me out to mimic what it looks like when this actor uh, raises his right hand instead of his left hand. Not only that, let's say my, actors, uh, my actor did some line and I didn't want that line, so I can go back to his mouth, which was captured in volumetric, and I can train an algorithm to say other words, and instead of his mouth um, you know, behaving that way, will behave exactly the way I want. So pretty soon, I would say the next three to five years, we'll see a huge jump um, from artificial intelligence completely dissociated to the films to be completely associated to the films. The film production, not you know to predict if the film were going to bomb or not on, 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 on the blockbuster
1: that's a that's that's an exciting point because we do also talk a lot about AI and when you start to pull it together with other technology trends, you start to see a picture you know of what's coming down the pike and just as someone um, who has experienced volumetric video when they' when someone's talking to you and looking at you and that that's really the impact of it right is someone's it feels like someone's looking at you so you can have famous people who are passed away from thousands of years ago yes. talking to you. It's very intense and powerful and
2: wild. Yes, right? absolutely. And what if that person can um, answer your question, no matter what right. question is? So right. That's that's the powerful of, uh, you know, those new tools.
1: So that's taking a bit of, you know, say what a regular person might understand as the AI that's responsible for Alexa, um, or for chatbots, or for any of these sort of customer service solutions that are able to converse with you in a in a sort of simple way, you can take that same technology and embed it inside of a VR experience and put it attach it to a volumetric video of a human being, and then you really have a powerful combination.
2: Absolutely, I'm not saying this is an example, but let's say some actors would like to license their uh, character so let's say i don't know brad spit character on um, once upon a time let's say i would like to have him as my companion when we go shopping or something if he can if he wants to license that character to you know this new tools that you know it's generated between volumetric capture and artificial intelligence that I can see that easily happening in the future.
1: Yeah. I love, I love, I love that. I love that idea so much. Now, are you someone that goes to a lot of, um, trade shows to learn about tech? Are you on Twitter? I mean, how do you learn about your craft? Are you go an avid consumer of VR? Like what, what's the way that you sort of consume content from the outside world?
2: It's, it's, um, you know, funny um, to answer that question because um, I, I, I don't go normally to a lot of, uh, you know, festivals and events. I, I try to focus on the, let's say, the most trendy ones or most important ones for my, um, my you know, niche, which is basically Sundance, Cannes, South by Southwest, uh, and Venice. Um, and for, you know, uh, festivals, um, I go to E3, um, Seagraph, um, CES. I think that pretty much covers everything, and probably NAB, and that's it. But um, in order to you know understand what's next, I, I I read a lot of papers, papers from you know Stanford, USC, uh, Columbia, um, Carnegie Mellon, everything that relates with uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, I I am the guy who you know dig. Onto these uh, papers and try to talk with some people and email them uh, <laughs> and stalk them online to see what's next, you know. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I really like to um, read about, you know, the human behavior. So, just one example: uh, Yuval Noah Harari is uh, Israeli uh, historian. That uh, he wrote uh, Homo Dios, Sa- Sapiens, and 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. I think I read um, his first book like two years ago, and since then, I'm eating everything he puts out. Everything. It's such an amazing source of, um, of information. Information yeah. for my, you know, because he talks about what makes us humans. Right, right, And that interests right. me to portray my characters more accurately. But at the same time, um, one of my last books that I read was uh, Stephen King, The Outsider, because I, <laughs> I just love him. Because he's, yeah. stor- he's a great storyteller. So. It's, it's, he's absolutely one of the greatest storytellers for my generation, at least, because I, 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 I follow him since you know, uh, Cujo. You know, or it—the the very beginning, like on the seventies. So he's he's amazing.
1: So it's, and I th- I just love that you brought that up because again, this goes back to this storytelling advanced by technology piece that you still have to be able to storytell. Um, so whatever technology you're going to leverage and take advantage of to do that, it still needs to to be, you know, contextually able to serve the story. Um, And so when you look at VR um, and a lot of people talk about VR as being an empathy machine. And so we, we hear that all the time, which I totally get. And I think it's very powerful for documentaries and, you know, for stories that are based on real life situations. Do you think VR um, makes sense for other types of narratives as well?
2: Definitely. I um, just, let me try to say something that may sound completely stupid. Um,
1: I, we welcome that here on the podcast <laughs> show.
2: <laughs> so let's say, uh, okay, uh, completely stupid, okay? So let's say um, I'm in DR right now, and I'm really up to read a book. I can get a book um, and read it like a PDF file in virtual reality. What will be the difference, though? Why would you need to read a book in virtual reality, though? Because in virtual reality, all your senses is pretty much captivated. So you have um, zero lack of attention. Um, let's say for, for, for the folks out there that, ha, you know, has, uh, that are ADHD. so in VR, you're completely immersed and you're completely captivated already. So reading a book in VR for me will make sense if I'm the type of guy that could be easily distracted uh for some you know um outside uh, sensor.
1: Yeah I lo- I love that too. Um I think I think with the more that we figure out how to like um separate out um you know tech and storytelling you know, as their own special things, but then bring them together when they all make sense is is really important, right? Because people people get so caught up in um, just talking about the tech, but but it's really storytelling that um, you know that we're highlighting here. So I think, um, I think yeah, one
2: once we forget about the tech, it's where VR will get their space. We don't talk about the the how you know, wave signals travel through space to get in our television or how light signals uh, travel to the fiber cables to get into our broadband. We don't talk about that anymore. So once we forget about the VR and that will be natural for us in a few years, then we get a new medium, completely form form um, of new medium that has um, a healthy, um, let's say, economic... Um, space to explore all types of stories not only, you know, narratives NTR, documentaries, but experiences training, art yeah, everything
1: uh, that's another. that's another beautiful point, you keep making great points, cut it out <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, um, and are there, um, are there, do you have favorite, um, you know, VR platforms or are they all kind of the same to you? I mean, obviously HTC is a great partner of yours, but as new headsets come out, you know, do you have certain favorites? Like what, what's, how do you view the technology itself?
2: What a great question. What a great question. So just let me try to answer that in with my example, right yeah. seven miracles obviously it's um, a product of my company and HTC Vibe Studios, but we plan to launch Seven Miracles in more than nineteen different platforms so if I can you know just spit it out uh, not names but platforms for you, I would say um, immersive um, there's at least three types of um, distribution channels which is desktop game consoles and standalone devices and then you have flat because you can watch uh, vr films in flat so that's tv streamers theaters and then there's lbe then you can watch it vr films over there as well then there's domes why not and then there's mobile and in the mobile branch you have 360 you have vr and you have ar so when you build something you need to really think about how your product or how your passion we're going to navigate through all those platforms because if you don't do it then you're losing the point you're not helping the industry and you're losing money so, so.
1: it's it's almost the same thing as when you go out and you shoot a regular show and you're thinking to yourself okay it's going to it's going to be um it's a Netflix show so i'm going to have to it in New York and in L.A. for on on screen, so it's eligible for an Oscar. Then I'm going to put it on Netflix, so it's eligible for Emmys. Then I'm going to chop it up, and it's going to go online as a series of short format. And so you're kind of thinking of the windowing of this piece
2: of content and where it's going to end up. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely correct. And the, the main difference is um, a show... Has a lifespan um, that you know already what it is. Uh, a film has a lifespan that you know already what it is. So you need to tackle that window of opportunity. A VR content it right now. If you shoot a very good, you know, VR piece is uh, timeless. You can, uh, you know, today, 2019, watch my film that I shot 2015, and it's still a good film. Or maybe three years from now, I hope. You can watch My 7 Miracles, uh, the hybrid film, and it still be relevant for you. So the difference is the lifespan is unknown right now, <laughs> which is now, great. Are you,
1: are you saying that because because of the, um, the distribution solutions right now don't have cutoff dates? They don't remove things from the platform, and so that business model isn't there yet?
2: Um, it's, or, or it's, you know, it's, it's because it's like a game. When you launch the game you expect, you know, the, the first wave of gamers um, download or rent it or buy it and then use it and start this movement, right? So a game has a lifespan of five years. Um, VR content right now, I think it's unknown, but I can see the lifespan goes from four to five years as well. Um, so this way, yes, you can probably, use, you can say like, okay, I'm going to tackle the immersive, Platforms first, so I go desktop, game consoles, and standalone devices first, and then in three months from now, I go for mobile. Or you can do the inverse, depend of uh, you know, you know your strategy in which let's say platform you're more used to, or in which platform you have more voice.
1: Huh, that's such an interesting. I never really thought about it, but it does. It there is no out out now for a lot of these VR projects. They just kind of. I mean, I must imagine that. HTC and Oculus and all those guys have some sort of windowing strategy for projects that come on their
2: store, right? Um, I think you need to ask them, but I bet they don't. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you create a new piece and then you go to a festival, you win an award and then you put it in Oculus Store. Okay. Then six months from now, nobody hear about your film anymore. That's tragic. Your right. film is an awarded film. It's, it's a great piece of content. So I I cannot, you know, stop thinking about what happened last week with uh, Prime VR, um, the Prime Video VR launching. So I can't, you know, praise more for Amazon for what they've done. I've been waiting for this for so long. Um, You know, a such huge player, a streaming player, step onto VR and say, okay, we arrived um, to be honest with you guys, we don't know yet what you want. So here's 10 pieces of content. Let's see, how do you consume? We don't know where are you, so let's launch on Oculus, but I'm here. It's amazing. I can clearly see if the, obviously, if the users want it, um, Amazon launching se- series in VR in a few years or launching feature films or animations or even experiences in VR, so, the, so the, the whole
1: Amazon uh, Prime VR announcement is that you'll be able to, I'm just f- filling in the audience in case they haven't heard about this, you'll be able to watch any Amazon Prime videos inside of a VR experience. So they're not necessarily VR movies, they're movies that if you go into a headset, you can watch them as if you're going to a theater, Correct.
2: Exactly. The entire Amazon Prime catalog is, and, now, is now available in VR. It's, right. it's now available in VR. And 10 VR pieces.
1: And, and 10 VR pieces to start. Now, And what do you, what's the strategic reason for doing that? Why would I want to put on a headset and watch a movie inside of a VR
2: environment? What's well, I can, I can give you at least two <laughs> examples of mine yeah I have four geez. kids right? it is a it um, is
1: a personal thing but i'm I'm sure it's also a strategic reasoning that that they did this absolutely, absolutely. So what's your, I mean,
2: maybe what's your maybe mine is not the reason, but I'm giving you one of my example, okay so okay. I have four kids um oh my god, reasons. you've been busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my oldest kid is nineteen years old, my youngest kid is five years old, so yeah um, um so me and my wife, um, we only have one television. Um, uh, actually, there's two televisions, but one television is the, like the main television. So obviously, it's summertime. Kids wants to see, I don't know, uh, wants, wants to play some games, wants to see some shows, some cartoons and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I really want to want to see the last um, The Boys episode. I'm not sure if you saw it. It's an, uh, an incredible series uh, by Amazon. Um, And I was like, ah, I can watch it through my Prime VR video. So when they were playing, when they were doing their fuzzy, messy stuff, I put my goggles and I watched the last episode. At the same time, I was like, okay, let me try to to check which um, content it's available in VR right now. And because I was in VR already, it was easy for me to jump from a traditional film that I love and follow and you know, binge watch and go back to the VR space and watch something that I've never watched it before. I watch Asteroids uh, and I watch another film that won an award. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I, I wish Amazon had like uh, 10,000 VR films. I would dive into it. But obviously this is my geek part speaking right now.
1: Well, I mean, but I think, you know, that, 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 that kind of personalized experience is exactly, you know, what we're talking about, right? It's like, what is the consumer's experience and what will drive them to to doing something like that so amazon's obviously being very strategic as facebook has been with releasing the quest which i think it retails around the $400 area right it's their yes. it's their sort of lower end oculus untethered and cheaper for yes. for regular people now it's still expensive for you know most of the country um, who are, you know, all trying to just get by. But it yes. brings us closer to getting this in the hands of
2: more people, right? Yeah, I remember when PlayStation was launched was uh, $399. So eventually the, pi- the price will drop and people are going to start to, you know, it, it, it all depends on the perception, right? So if I buy something that I'm going to use every day, so $400 is not a lot. Even $600 is not a lot. But if I buy something just because it's trendy and I never use it ever, so that's that's not a good investment so um and and we've seen it right now, people that are doing not only films for v r but apps such as uh, educational apps, training apps, you can learn a lot of bunch of things in v r right now you can learn about. Uh, human anatomy. If you want, you can learn about. I, chemistry. I need
1: to learn about how to not make my back hurt.
2: <laughs> oh, that, oh, that would be amazing, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, or maybe I can take a volumetric back um, and use that as my real back. But we're we're gonna have to wrap soon. But just be, just because we are. Um, on the road to the Infinity Festival, um, what do you think you're going to be talking about at the show? This is in November. Do you have a new project you're working on? Um, is there, um, you, you know, a topic that you're you're thinking you're going to um, share with the audience?
2: Absolutely. Well, um, uh, we launched the S- Seven Miracles in uh, this Easter. So, but we launched the 360 portion of it. Um, right now, we're launching the sixth-off version of Seven Miracles, so oh, cool. still still being my baby to, at at least in the next six months. To talk about how can you be immersed in this um, new hybrid type of narrative and what that what that represents for our industry. Um, just to give you one example, I I watched the, about a month ago. Ari Aster last um, film, Midsommar. And me as a film director, I cannot think of how um, every film that I watched, I need to watch that film in VR in my head, right? Mm. To make sense for me. And I completely see it. I, I see that I I watched Danny Boyle uh, yesterday. Beautiful film. Um, but I, I could completely see that film in VR. So wouldn't be amazing if some of those great directors out there come into our VR space as well and start to direct their films. So I think I would love to see that at Infinity Film Festival, you know, traditional directors coming to see, you know, what's, what's going on in this industry and if it's worth to make their bets in this industry. And I, I'll be one of, you know, one to tell them, listen, here's what you can do. This is what I did. So imagine your stories being been telling this way so I think this, in this sense, um, Infinity will be an amazing opportunity for us to, you know, grasp the sense of um, you know urgency in Hollywood to make something different. Um, listen, when I moved to US three years ago, I thought, well, you know, I there's so much I need to I need to learn uh, from this industry. So I I I, I went to, I went everywhere to learn everything I could. But all of a sudden I was like you know what this industry has a lot to learn from us VR film directors and producers you know because they've been doing films for a very long time very lucrative films but that era was gone and now they need to learn how to do things uh, in a new meaningful way God,
1: I love I love that point we have to wrap rodrigo but that's a great point that uh, a call from Rod- rodrigo cerquera to have all of Hollywood come to the table um, willing to jump into VR at a really high level, um, and and you're going to lead them. Um, It's been great talking to you, Rodrigo Sequeira, a director of VR who directed the very first full feature film from Vive Studios and HTC Vive called Seven Miracles, which you can look up and dig into in its various hybrid formats. Um and learn more about what he's up to. Thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Catch Show on the road to the Infinity Festival happening again in November in Hollywood. Thanks so much, Rodrigo.
2: Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank, thank for your audience and you. You guys are great. You you guys just nail it. You even nail my name. I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it at least once a show. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thank you more so much. Next week with another great fabulous interview.